0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews, brought to you by AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM.
1: Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such a great place to live, work and play. It's Friday, so it's Jeff Duncan Day on Coast View. Jeff is with noble.com of the Times Union. He's uh He's just a really smart sports guy, uh, not only in terms of the professional scene in New Orleans with Pelicans and Saints, but just about everything else sports. Without any further ado, let's bring my friend Jeff back into the fall and just ask how you doing, my friend.
0: Ricky, I'm doing great. How are you doing over there in uh, Gulfport, Biloxi? By the way, let me just let me interrupt real quick. I just saw something on the internet last night. You probably know this. We're ranked like the best, most affordable beach towns in the country, and I believe. But Lexi Goldport was number one on this list.
1: (laughs) Hey, I'm not surprised to hear it. Jeff, look, here's, I've had a series of, well, heck, man, if you go back into 600 shows that I've, over 600 shows that I've done in the past two years, what I've seen, uh, certainly the pandemic sped this up, and as you and I have discussed before, if you have trends in place before a disaster, in the case of Katrina, those trends. Those, any trend that was in place, affordable housing, the need for addressing challenges in the community, whatever it might be, it speeds those up. And, and they're now more intense than they were before. What was, just, what was the case in Coastal Mississippi was that the Real estate market was beginning to heat up pretty substantially. I mean, people were beginning to see this as affordable beach town. You were seeing developers having more interest here, mixed-use developments being announced, you know, so on and so on and so on. But then the pandemic happens, and if you look at if you look at Mississippi, they were like number three in the nation in terms of overall recovery once they turned the economy back on. But if you look at what is the subset that really drove that? It was tourism. It was the m- number of people that were driving into this community. You saw that yourself because you, all yeah. the time you spent here in, in coastal Mississippi and now looking for a home in Hancock County, what, what the price of real estate is now?
0: Well, you know, it was amazing on this list, Ricky. They did a top 25. <clears throat> Alexi Gulfport was on the list, Bay St. Louis was on the list, and Ocean Springs was on the list. I think they were all top 10. So that that bodes well for the entire. Region over there, of uh, yes. you know the future of the market, I think is only going to continue. The trajectory is going to continue to go up.
1: Yeah, I had a terrific conversation with a, a young entrepreneur, thirty-two years old. He owns Nico Restaurant Group. His name is Jordan Nico. And he earns restaurants and hotels, and he's doing mixed-use developments. He's just, you know, he's involved in everything. he said when he went over to Pascagoula, he bought a couple of properties over there, but when, when he bought them, there were other properties that were available. And just in the past year, none of those properties are currently available. In the case of Biloxi, he, uh, he's done a couple of developments in in Biloxi. There were a number of developments of, of opportunities available, and none of those are available. He, he's, he says he doesn't think there's even a... A piece of property in downtown Biloxi, even on the market anymore, things are that much on fire. And you know the situation in Bay St. Louis because you've been kicking tires there for over yep. a year. It's just yeah, incredible. Yeah. No, it's,
0: it? it's definitely, I think you mentioned, uh, you know, the cost per square foot in that area is the highest in the state of Mississippi, and I don't think it's going down anytime soon. And I think people realize just what a great area it is to live in. Uh, you've got so many great, uh, you know, outdoor recreational activities, but you also have kind of a burgeoning uh, social scene and, uh, you know, food and restaurant scene for a lot of really attractive reasons to want to live there. The the cost of living is still affordable comparatively speaking to other beachfront areas in the country. I mean, there's just really nothing quite like the Mississippi Gulf Coast.
1: And if you enjoy the outdoors, as I say on Super Talk Outdoors all the time, I say it every week, actually, that Mississippi is the capital of the outdoors in the country if you love the outdoors which you have access to here in mississippi from offshore and backwater fishing to some of the best hunting some of the most incredible state parks and you know wildlife management areas in the entire country are here we're we're, it's just a very special place and now you get this this sense that um that we're beginning we're beginning to fully recover from hurricane katrina and be and beginning to really grasp our potential as a as a beach community, as an economic engine for the rest of the state, it's exciting, you know. And that's what Coast View is about. It's about celebrating that. But I'm not surprised that we started there, Jeff, because you're a journalist at heart. I mean, you're you, certainly you've ch- chosen to to specialize in in sports, but you're a journalist, and you can't help but notice the things that it you know the, the things that are that are part of what it takes to build a great community. You've 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 been engaged in that your entire career, and uh, so I'm not surpri- surprised that we would start out with that. That is for sure, but it, well, it is a special place, and I appreciate you being part of it because if we point out to the audience on a regular basis here, you understand the importance of the Gulf South to the, to the Saints and really to the Pelicans for that matter, but let's specifically about the Saints that the Saints, is a, they're a unique small market team, and certainly parity and all of that has created an opportunity for the Saints to be competitive on the national stage, which we obviously we are. But the reason that the team is able to be successful is because the Gulf region is so important. It's just not New Orleans' team, but it's the Gulf region's team. And you get that as good as anybody, don't you?
0: Well, Ricky, it's one of the few teams in the NFL that has really a regional reach and presence. And not just that, because certainly, like the Kansas City Chiefs, have a regional presence in Kansas City and the Missouri area. But the difference is the Saints have it in the most football crazy part of the country. Uh, You know, this is the SEC West, right? Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Alabama, Auburn, LSU. I mean, there's no more passionate football fans in America than in this region. And the Saints are the only professional team here. So, Uh, The NFL knows that. uh, uh, They're highly aware of the TV ratings, uh, which this area leads the entire nation in, as far as football watching, and not just Saints games, but SEC, college football, and also NFL in general. So it's a very uniquely positioned franchise in the middle of a really crazy football hotbed.
1: Okay, let's get to the Saints. As you and I discussed, (laughs) we discuss it every week. Probably one of the most dynamic off seasons in the history of the Saints because they have a chance to win if they make the right calls. And you've said all along the kind of possibility that Russell Wilson and Aaron Brooks would be in play. But now we've got the big trade. Aaron Brooks has sort of uh, proclaimed his allegiance to the Packers. And you've got you've got Jameis Winston's, at least what I'm reading, his uh, free agency stock is rising. You've even got Bruce Arians saying he would be least open to thinking about bringing him back to Tampa. I mean, boy, this is, an, this is an incredible spot we're at right now, isn't it?
0: Yeah, you know, my column this week, it's very timely because I'm writing on this exact subject. Uh, for Jameis Winston, his timing could not be better, and we all thought it was going to be poor for him. Just a few months ago, Ricky, he blows his knee out, you know, right when he's kind of taken off as the quarterback, and it looked really bad for him timing-wise, but now with As you mentioned, Russell Wilson getting traded, Aaron Rodgers uh, re-upping with Green Bay. The market's kind of dwindling for teams that need quarterbacks. And Jameis Winston is the number one rated free agent quarterback on the market. So his timing now has gotten uh, to be golden. And uh, even with that injury, and he's had off-season surgery, he's recovering very well. uh, It's going to, I think, play into his leverage position Uh, because the Saints are desperate for a quarterback, and they're not the only ones. Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, both have had their franchise quarterbacks retire. It's created a real bull market for the quarterbacks going into free agency. And like I said, Winston's the top target. So I I think if you're the Saints, and you're trying to get – if you want to try and get something done with Jameis Winston before free agency starts next Wednesday – you're kind of operating from a position of weakness. He's got all the leverage he and his camp. And so do you allow him to get to the open market and does that boost uh, you know the asking price for him? I don't know what that answer is. I think the Saints have to play that game and probably are doing it right now trying to determine what is the best option for them going forward but but they don't have a they don't have as much salary cap room as some of their competitors, Pittsburgh in particular, the Washington Commanders, are in need of a quarterback. They have more money. So as you mentioned, it's a very uh, dynamic situation and also I think a, a dicey situation for the Saints because if they go and try to go all in on Jameis Winston and he doesn't pan out, you're kind of stuck with him long term.
1: Well, let's go back to your column that you wrote uh, as part of the new year. And you said, here are my predictions. And one of the predictions was that Garoppolo would come to the Saints. That is still out there. There's still yeah. stories being written about it. There's still uh, rumors about it. And with credible organizations, is that – you think that there are ongoing conversations there? or What's, what's going on behind the scenes relative to well, Garoppolo?
0: Well, they can't have conversations yet, but they're getting ready to open. I'm sure they felt out the situation. There's no doubt that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be available. And there's no doubt the Saints need a quarterback. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. The problem is it's going to cost you something to get Garoppolo. It's not going to cost you something to get Jameis Winston other than the contract. Uh, The Saints would have to trade for Garoppolo. Any other team would have to trade for him. So we can talk about that when we come back because there's a lot of moving parts of that. But I definitely think it's under consideration for the Saints.
1: I'm not surprised that Aaron Brooks is not isn't uh, going to Denver, and I'll explain to you why I feel that way when we get on the other side. When we continue the conversation with Jeff Duncan after this break,
0: Subscribe for free to the Coast View podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: Welcome back to Coast View. We're having uh, our weekly conversation with Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the times Picayune. If you haven't signed up for their Saints newsletter, their Pelican newsletter, uh, or even the NOLA.com newsletter, just in general, uh, you'll be glad you did if you signed up because you'll get a, a morning uh, email that gives you sort of a, a rundown of what's happening, and then the ability to dive into the stories if that's what you choose to do. But this is a a dynamic season for both the Pelicans and the Saints. So if you're interested in either one of them, if you're a big LSU fan, for example, there's a, there's a, that's another reason to to sign up for their newsletter. And incidentally, I don't have to say that. You know, I'm I'm I had the benefit of having uh, been in New Orleans and spent a lot of time with NOAA.com dot com time the Times many of the people who are working there now, and it's an incredibly dynamic and probably one of the strongest journalistic teams in the country. And Jeff, uh, Jeff's been a member of that team for a long time, but uh, Jeff comes here because he enjoys having this conversation. He cares about coastal Mississippi and he wants to, uh, he wants to, to get the word out about what he's up to these days and the kind of th- stories that he's involved in. Okay. With that said, let's come back. Let's, let's finish the part about Garoppolo. And then I want to kind of dive in a little deeper into this trade for Russell Wilson, um, and, and interested in sort of some of the drama aspects of it, you know, Aaron, Aaron, uh, uh, versus, uh, Russell Wilson. So we'll come back to that in a second. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about Garoppolo. If you, you think that that could be a viable opportunity for the saints?
0: Well, I think the saints certainly have some interest in him. And, and I think with good reason, I, I don't understand. There's, uh, there's a lot of, uh, people out there that don't value or appreciate Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't understand it, Ricky. I mean, the guy wins at a high level. He's well liked by his teammates, considered a very strong leader. Uh, he wouldn't demand, I think, a lot in a trade. Maybe a mid round draft pick, a third round draft pick could probably get him, uh, which is not significant for a starting quarterback of his caliber. Uh, his numbers in the analytics are very strong. He's very, he's almost like a Drew Brees light. Gets rid of the ball quickly. It's very, very accurate. And one of the he's he's opposite kind of quarterback in style from a Jameis Winston. And it's a little more subtle in his game. He has a high percentage of accurate throws. He has a very low percentage of what they call bad throws, throws that aren't catchable. Uh, whereas Jameis Winston is the exact opposite. He's one of the worst in the league with accurate throws and bad throws, Uh, but he will deliver some incredible throws that probably Jimmy Garoppolo can't make. So that's the kind of uh, calculus, I think, that Saints have to weigh. Uh, Do they want someone that maybe doesn't have quite the number of spectacular plays, but makes fewer mistakes? Or do they want someone that's gonna manage the offense with this incredible defense they already have in place and is just gonna be a game manager? Because that's really what Jimmy Garoppolo is. And you have to weigh the fact what's J- Jameis Winston going to cost you compared to J- Jimmy Garoppolo and the fact that you can get Winston for free, whereas you're going to have to trade a draft pick at least one to get Garoppolo because there's probably going to be a Margaret for So all these things factor into this decision making
1: Well so interesting. So interesting. <clears throat> hey, before we leave the quarterback scenario, Denver had to give up a lot to get Russell Wilson. Talk, talk to me about that.
0: Yeah, an enormous haul. I think Seattle did a very good job. I mean, if you're going to trade a franchise quarterback like Russell Wilson, you better get a lot in return. And they did. I mean, they've got a, a, just a, a placeholder quarterback in Drew Locke. they got an emerging young tight end in Noah Fant, uh, a, a, a starting defensive end in Shelby Harris, and then two first-round draft picks, two second-round draft picks, and another draft pick. Uh, that's an incredible haul for a team that I think can rebuild very quickly. And they may have Something else in mind, Ricky, we don't know. They, they may get involved in the Deshaun Watson trade market if that develops. Who knows? Maybe they go for Jimmy Garoppolo. I doubt the 49ers would trade him within the division, but they may have an alternative plan in mind. I'm sure they do. John Schneider's a smart guy. So I think unless Denver wins a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson, this is going to end up being a win for Seattle. But I also understand why Denver did it. They've been wandering the desert. Uh, trying to find a replacement for Peyton Manning since he retired a few years back. Uh, They wanted to get a sure thing, and they certainly got one in in Russell Wilson. But here's the other thing. He's 33 right now. So how many more years does he have left? Uh, This is more of a trade for the present for Denver and a trade for the future for Seattle.
1: Well, I thought thought that, that when we talked about Aaron Brooks, to me, Aaron Brooks is a walking drama. I mean, just you know, wait, so wait, wait. much.
0: You're talking about Aaron Rodgers.
1: Aaron Rodgers. I, did I say Brooks? Uh, yeah. See, I I had that in my head for some yeah, reason. Yeah, the old
0: Saints quarterback. I like it, <laughs> yeah, of course.
1: But Aaron Rodgers is kind of a walking drama, and, and uh, but you said you know that that Russell Wilson, frankly, he's not free of drama. So, well, how do you you know how do you compare that?
0: Well, I mean, they both. I mean, th- this is the era of player empowerment, and both those guys as as franchise quarterbacks certainly. I think, have the ability to become, uh, you know, they, they want to say in, in the future of their organizations because of uh, their position as the starting quarterback and, and uh, very successful starting quarterbacks. So I think it takes a, a certain level of trust between management and the, and the quarterback, and there wasn't that in Seattle with Russell Wilson, John Schneider, and Pete Carroll, and that's why they moved him. And, look, I think it's been repaired to some degree in Green Bay. But Aaron Rodgers has probably earned a lot more leverage here. He's won back-to-back MVPs. Uh, He's certainly got a lot of leverage now. And I think they've smoothed things over in Green Bay. And that was reflected in what Green Bay offered him. It made him the highest-paid player in the history of the NFL, Ricky.
1: Mm -hmm. Another evolving story is the possibility that there's some kind of conversation that will take place between Tyron Matthew and the Saints. Is that yeah. is that real?
0: Well, I think that is a fallback option for the Saints if Marcus Williams leaves in free agency. Here's here the, the developing situation for the Saints is they're cash-strapped. They only have so much money. They're going to have to do work to restructure contracts to get under the salary cap. And they still have looming free agents in Tehran Armstead, which we've talked about here on the program. I think he's going to be departing, signing with somebody in free agency. He's the top player in all of free agency. If you look at some of the uh, lists, uh, he's a starting left tackle, pro bowl tackle. Those guys don't come available very often. I don't think the Saints are in the market to sign him at market rate. And then Marcus Williams is probably going to demand a top uh, salary as well as as a free safety. And I think the Saints will let both those guys go to the market, see what kind of market they develop. And I think they will be involved in their negotiations, but I don't know if they can compete. This is the way I'm trying to state it. And the Saints probably could uh, will likely lose both those players. And if they lose Marcus Williams, they'll have a hole in the secondary. And that's when Tyron Matthew, I think, would be a kind of a stopgap measure for them to bring him in at his age. He's still got a couple of years left on uh, I think in him, and would be certainly a a good fit here him being a, a obviously a very popular LSU player and, in, in new Orleanian.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I, I remember when he played high school and then he went to, I mean, the, he, he really, the community, you know, watched him closely and of course goes to LSU and did what he did there. And then on to the NFL and has made the mark. We all sort of expected him to make, um, you know there could be some real shuffling at, at receiver couldn't there. I mean, people like Traquan Smith. I mean, is he going to be a Saint next year? And and I mean, that's just the beginning of the conversation around what's going to happen at receiver.
0: Yeah, and the Saints got a new receivers coach. They brought in from the college ranks. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. Cody Cody Mims or Sims. I'm, I'm I'm blanking on his name right
1: now. Yeah, yeah. But
0: he's a very well thought of young receivers coach, and I know they like Traquan Smith. So I I think that he will be back with the Saints. We know Mike Thomas is going to be back. They reworked his contract. Uh, that indicates that he's part of their plans going forward. Uh, but that's an area I expect them to address this off season, whether it's free agency, the draft, or both situations.
1: Anything else on the Saints that we haven't talked about before we shift gears and talk about Zion and really what the latest is there?
0: No, I mean, look, I think they got back from. Um, I, I will say this: this was interesting. Uh, they're getting there's a little uh, speculation about who the Saints will play over in London. Uh, they're probably going to play an AFC opponent. Uh, and it looks like it, the front runner right now is the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. And I know that's a disappointment to local fans. And a lot of people are blaming the NFL for this. But what I've been told, Ricky, is the NFL goes to the C- Saints with three possibilities. And I think the three they presented to them were the Raiders, Ravens, and Bengals. And they tell them, you can protect one of those games that we can't take to London. And the Saints protected the Ravens game. So that exposed the Bengals game. So, yeah, you could say it's, it's the NFL's fault for taking away the, the Bengals game. But the Saints had an opportunity to protect that game, uh, on, uh, which would be an attractive one for local fans. Joe Burrow coming to the Superdome. And they didn't protect that one. So I just want to make that clear that the Saints had an opportunity and didn't and that uh, the, the Bengals will probably be, be the game over in London.
1: we got less than a minute left, but nothing new on the Zion side of the Pelicans, is there?
0: Well, I mean, he's back in New Orleans. That's good news. That's the first time he's been back in months. So I think that's a good sign in, in his recovery, the fact that he's going to be in condition. Now, whether he gets on the court or not anytime soon remains to be seen. There's only 15 games left in the season, uh, and he's got a lot of work on his conditioning. But it's a good sign that he's back here with the team. I think that is the best chance the, Saint, uh, the Pelicans have to keep him here long term is to get him back in this building, get him back in the, in the flow with the rest of the team.
1: Well, I'm glad to hear you feel, feel positive. about it. A lot of speculation still about what happens from this point forward. We'll talk about that next week. Jeff Duncan, thank you for joining me again, buddy. We will see you again next week.
0: Thanks, Ricky. Talk to you soon, bud. You bet.